0: listening to The 123 Show with me, Noreen Mir, this Monday afternoon. The Hong Kong International Literary Festival is set to kick off on the 5th all the way through to the 15th of November. And as their proud broadcast partner, we will be featuring many of their local and international authors for you over the next few weeks. And so in the next 15 minutes or so, we'll be meeting our very first author, An Yu. Now, she was born and bred in Beijing, and now she spends her time living between Paris and Hong Kong. And she's here with us this afternoon to tell us a little bit more about her work and her debut novel, Braised Pork. and welcome to the program. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's such a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for being with us this afternoon. Now, we're also on Facebook Live. I think we managed to get the internet working (laughs) finally. Uh, Noreen Mayer on RTHK Radio 3 is the page to go to. You'll be able to see and also hear and there. So, first of all, did you always sort of enjoy writing and reading growing up?
1: pretty much. Uh, I did have a period of time where I sort of just refused to read or write at all and spend most of the time, I don't know, playing Game Boy or something. <laughs> um, but for the most part, I come from a family of, you know, avid readers. And also my father was a very good writer. Uh, so I grew up liking to make up stories. Um, I used to tell stories to my mother about school that, you know, never happened. <laughs> and then at some point, my mother told me, you know what, Anna, you shouldn't, um, and you shouldn't lie. You shouldn't lie about stuff at school. So that put me off (laughs) of telling stories for a while. But then um, she, you know, felt bad for, I guess, killing my creativity. So she came back and apologized. (laughs) And I started, you know, writing more again. And then, um, you know, little journal pieces or little, you know, tiny stories became longer stories, um, became actual short stories in university. And then, I guess, it became a novel eventually. (laughs) Yeah. And here here you are. What what sorts of things did you write about? When I was young, um, I wrote about, I suppose, all sorts of things. I wrote about uh, traveling. I wrote a lot about traveling, I think. Um, I wrote about dreams. I was very fascinated with all sorts of dreams, whether it was my dreams or dreams I heard from other people. and. Sometimes, sometimes I would write about myself, <laughs> but then quickly it would turn into something fiction again. So uh, I've always been ra- rather draw- drawn to, I guess, in- mixing up what reality, reality and and fiction and irreality And it's you know I think um, these days in writing fiction, I also try to have that sense of something being you know made up is happening. In the real world too, so, exactly. Yeah. It's great. and it's something I
0: heard that you can train. You know, imagination and creativity is something Probably. that you can you can train. So perhaps that the more vivid you imagine it, or the more you imagine, right. the more it's sort of wilder. Maybe. <laughs>
1: it, gets, it takes time. You have to you know keep going down the path. Like you think of something and you you know you hold on to that and you keep going. That eventually it might turn into something completely. I don't know. Yeah. Um, crazy yeah. I guess.
0: <laughs> so your writing journey really began since you were little really or mm-hmm. was it something that you picked up again as you sort of uh, you know you went to New York to study?
1: I picked it up formally when I was in New York uh, for so my undergraduate my undergraduate degree was actually in business um, but I took a creative writing course and that was when I started to write short stories and actually uh, letting other people read it, <laughs> um, and then what was
0: that like to let someone else read your? work? It was
1: actually quite exciting. I think it was because I was only eighteen, so I didn't really care. <laughs> Nowadays, it would have been much more difficult, I think. Um, but yeah, so I had people read it, and the, the feeling of being able to get feedback from other writers as well, who are being vulnerable in you know a mm-hmm. workshop situation, kind of made me want to write more. Um, and then it wasn't until my uh, graduate degree that I decided to write a novel. So I suppose I only got into it formally when I was, I guess, 18 or 19. Yeah. Well, let's talk about your novel,
0: your debut book, Braised Pork. <laughs> um, I, I read it's about it's about a woman called Jia Jia, who yeah. in uh, one morning in autumn, after her breakfast, she finds her husband dead in the bathtub <laughs> of their <laughs> Beijing apartment. And then next to him was was a was a folded paper of a sketch yeah. of a sort of weird, strange fishman creature. Um,
1: okay, over to you, Anne. <laughs> uh, can you tell us more about Braised Pork? Of course. Uh, it is a fiction, it's a literary fiction piece, I guess, um, about a, w- a woman, like you said, who finds her husband mysteriously dead in a bathtub. And he leaves her with a strange image of a half-fish, half-man creature and, you know, she was never really in a marriage of love. It was more for convenience um, and social pressure, I guess. And his death, in a way, liberates her from this constraining marriage, but also, you know, sends her on a journey of discovering what it is that she wants. Um, and I, I suppose she's still mourning him, even though she never loved him. She's still mourning her relationship, mourning her past life. So, anyways, she follows this creature or this picture of a creature um, into uh, the evenings of Beijing to the high plains of Tibet and even into another world, which is called the world of water. And in there, she slowly discovers more about herself, um, her past, and her parents, and, you know, doing all of this to attempt to find a future for herself, I suppose. What was the inspiration behind this book? So I've always been very interested in um, the way we mourn people, whether it's you know people we love dearly or people we uh, despised, or even strangers. I think we do mourn strangers, too. So it started off as a mourning story, um, and it also... Started at, It started sort of as a short story, um, but quickly grew to be something much bigger. Uh, and and at what point did you think,
0: I'm going to go for a full-length full, full length novel rather than keep it as a short story? I
1: think I wrote the first few chapters or so, and I just became very attached to to the characters and to this fish man creature. Um, so I, I wrote more and more, and then it became a story that was about... Um, not only her present and future but also her past and I think the section on her past became much more substantial and much longer than I had intended and I think to me now it's probably uh, if not the most interesting part of the novel to me to for for me to write I guess Um, so quickly I think in order to tell the entire story it had to be something a bit longer how long did it take you to write this novel? Was it something that you you wrote in a very quick,
0: uh, very short period of time and then had to revise? Or was it sort of, it took you longer to flesh it out?
1: You know, being my first novel, I had all the time in the world. <laughs> so I took advantage of that. Uh, it t- it's a relatively short novel, but still took me two years. And um, as I went, I really didn't try to rush through anything because I didn't want to go back and edit too many times. Um, I know once I've spent you know, too much time rewriting the same book, I would lose track of what it was that that I wanted to write about. Um, So it was a slow process, but I sort of went from beginning to end um, very carefully, very deliberately, and uh, went through it, you know, four or five more times after that. Yeah, yeah.
0: Without giving too much away because we, we definitely want the listeners uh, to, to read Bray's book and it's really highly acclaimed. So many fantastic reviews uh, out there. You, you know, you, you write about this experience of isolation. I read one, one of the um, one of the comments you got was, Brace Pork is mesmerizing, incisive, and utterly disarming. And you writes beautifully about loneliness and experience of isolation from others, from one's uh, own past, and also the possibility of human connection, however fragile. And that was written by the author of What Red w- Was by Rosie Price. Which is a great book. <laughs>
1: Everyone should read that.
0: too. <laughs> so you write about this sort of experience of isolation and loneliness. You know, these aren't easy emotions Mm -hmm. to either have or to really express and to express in a way where other people can relate to. Um, Was it
1: something that you'd gone through yourself? Uh, For sure. I think we all maybe go through that at some point in our lives. And for me particularly, I, um, I suppose I left home... When I was 18, but even before that, I had spent years um, studying abroad, and I never really felt like I had um, a home to go back to. And when I was 18, I went to New York, and I haven't really been back since then. Um, So, just I I suppose moving around has contr and in these big cities too, has contributed to um, a sense of being alone in a city with many people and how you know everybody is sort of alone together.
0: <laughs> That's such a great point and you know and it's so true. How come it's in big cities where there's seemingly so many people surrounding yeah. you that sometimes we
1: feel the loneliest? Right. Right. Yeah, I wonder. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder too, but I think uh, there's also it's weird because it's it's a bit contradictory in the sense that You know, we're all alone. Like I said, we're all alone together. Together. But there's also a sense. I think that's also the reason where I think you oftentimes you can find genuine connection with strangers. And perhaps that kind of connection you can't even find with the people closest to you. And that is something I touch on a bit in this story. I think that I'm very fascinated with two people coming together and how they they connect. Um, Yeah. And I find that to be particularly um, prevalent of a theme in big cities because I suppose you meet more people and that <laughs> that might be the reason. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Um, so th- what is the significance of the fish man in your character
1: without giving too much weight? That's qu- quite a... <laughs> I'll try. <laughs> I'll try. Uh, so there's, th- like I said earlier, there's a... The world as we know it in the book, and then there is the, the world, world of the water, world. yeah. And the fishman sort of travels between the two. Um, and to me, he is—I suppose it is—a um, a guide of some sort. Um, I, I don't want to get too into detail, um, but he—I think oftentimes we need the the surreal to make or something of, something that's not very realistic to make sense of what's actually happening yeah. to you or the feelings that you're actually feeling. And oftentimes, th- that sort of surreal world that we go into or our minds go into ha- is triggered by something or is led there by something. And the, the fish man in my mind is, is that guide. It could be a person, it could be a book it could be an object or something that leads you into experiencing Deepest something self, yeah. you know that otherwise you might not be able to for your that like your mind not be able to go too. Yeah.
0: Well, Anne, I know we're very lucky. Uh, you've brought along m- maybe to r- your book, Braised mm-hmm. Pork, uh, to read a little bit for our listeners. Um, can we um, can we invite our listeners to join us on Facebook, uh, Noreen Meir on RTHK Radio Three, and we have Anne Yu, who is the author of Braised Pork. Um, and which bit will you read for us this afternoon?
1: Uh, I was. Debating between the beginning and the middle, but I think now that we've talked a bit about the fishman, I'll start. I'll read the middle part. Um, there's not much to say besides that Jia Jia, the main character, is trying to recreate the drawing of the fishman with paint. Jia Jia was unable to paint the face. That part of the canvas, as if rejecting her, erased all the outlines and colors from her mind. Whenever she looked at the empty face of the fish man, it was as if she had forgotten how to paint. She didn't know where to put the eyes, what color the lips should be, how much space the nose was supposed to occupy. Sure, she she could measure out the proportions from Chen Hong's sketch and transfer it to her own canvas, but she had never liked to work that way. Even though she was copying, it still had to be her painting. In the days following, she painted more, She took out six canvases and painted different versions of the fish-man. Sometimes she began with the body, other times with the face. But whenever she directed her brush to the empty oval where the face was supposed to be, her mind went blank, and she could not recall what kind of an expression the fish-man wore. Only at night, when she lay in bed, would its face finally come to her, lucid and precise. She would jump up, go to her canvas, pick up her brush, and all the images would evaporate from her mind again. Once, she looked through the photography book that Leo had given her, but quickly remembered that it was entirely filled with landscape photos. Had someone given this collection to her when she was younger, it would have helped her tremendously. But now it was not what she needed. She needed a face. Thank you. It is
0: mesmerizing. <laughs> Thank you. So we want our listeners to to, to read this book, Brace Pork by An Yu. Um, let's quickly also talk about your involvement in this year's uh, Literary mm-hmm. Festival. Now, you are involved in uh, two talks. Uh, the first one is Chinese Millennials in Fact and Fiction, which is on November the 11th, uh, which is online from 1 o'clock to 2 o'clock, and also Emerging Voices, which is on the 12th of November, also 1 o'clock to 2 o'clock. What will you be talking about? about in these talks and
1: um the first one is with um a woman who a female writer who is also from beijing and writes in english um and i have to admit i haven't read her book yet but um we i guess we will be talking about you know it would be a very informal chat about i guess one perhaps writing in a different language writing it In this day and age in China, about China, perhaps. And in the second uh, event, I will be talking with two other authors who also wrote their debut novels, um, and these I have read. (laughs) Um, And it's going to be a very interesting format in that um, there won't really be a moderator, it will be the three of us talking. And it's supposed to be a trilingual event (laughs) I don't know how we'll see how that works (laughs) we've been trying to figure it out but it will be in Cantonese Mandarin and English Mm -hmm. and we will talk about uh, you know writing the first novel um, the experience of being published uh, in different countries I guess and a bit about uh, women Mm -hmm. we are all writing about uh, female characters and we are all females uh, writing (laughs) so we'll talk a little bit about women And um, we'll also talk about language and uh, in all of our books, we write, we experiment with language a little, whether it's me writing in English uh, about a Chinese story or, you know, some of them have incorporated English, Mandarin, Cantonese in their books. Um, So we'll be talking a little bit about that and whatever else that comes up. So it'll be very exciting.
0: It didn't even occur to me. I mean, I suppose when you think, do you think in English or in Chinese? And when you were writing Bray's book, did a lot of the imagery sort of just come as images? So did it matter which language you expressed it in? Or is it more poignant
1: in one language than the other? (laughs) I would like to say that it didn't matter. But the truth is that (laughs) in some cases, it still mattered. Just because, you know, when you write, Dialogue, for example, it's it's very hard to write English dialogue because then the characters are you know, speaking in yeah Chinese. they're speaking in Chinese <laughs> and also you can't really use English idioms or anything like that it wouldn't True. feel authentic so the biggest challenge which was in terms of this language thing was to make the dialogue sound authentic in English um, and I. You know, I tried to translate between the two languages a bit back and forth. But in the end, I think what worked the best was just to not think too much about it. And when the, of course, the dialogue comes to me in Chinese and just write down in English whatever comes to mind first. And hopefully the words in English can give it, I guess, the sound of, of the Chinese a Chinese dialogue yes. that's the best way I can put it <laughs> no, I totally understand and I'm sure a
0: lot of our listeners will will understand and it's been such a pleasure to, to meet you and to talk to you this afternoon can you remind our listeners have you got a website how can we find out more about you and your work
1: yeah I do have a website it's com. I'm also on Instagram that's all I'm on
0: <laughs> excellent um, well thank you so much Anne and um, for our listeners you can also uh, watch Anne in Action and you will be involved in two talks in the Literary Festival, Chinese Millennials in Fact and Fiction, which is on November the 11th, and also Emerging Voices, which is on November the 12th. For more information, you can go to the festival's website, which is festival.org.hk. And you, who is the writer of Braised Pork, thank you so much for joining us tonight. and today. You so,
1: thank you so much, Noreen. It was such a pleasure. Such a pleasure yeah. to meet you. Thank you very much.